He's kind and he's funny and he's also mustachioed. He solves all your problems by the end of every episode. TV Dad. Everyone loves TV Dad. Listen to your TV dad. Switch to Progressive and you could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Potential savings will vary. Leftovers? Or? The DMV? Or? House cleaning? Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, Cleveland, and welcome once again to the Dogland Podcast. I am your host, Jackson McCurry. Got Jack Duffin rolling with me once again as we continue our 2022 offseason roster deep dive series. Before we get to it, Jack, how are you today, buddy? I'm excited. It's uh, We're more or less getting through the shows. It's the last sexy positions chat about. Sorry, uh, O-Lyman. Um, it's not the most sexy thing in the world. Um, but the Hooper contract is probably... Um, it, luckily, I don't have any hair anymore because I'll be pulling my hair out the stuff I see uh, negotiated about it. So uh, we'll put that to bed. Um, and if you don't understand, jump over to my Twitter. Two minutes. All go- I even set up a YouTube um, brown salary cap. Just, just go and watch that video. And it will clear up the whole Hooper situation. But we'll touch a bit more on it later. Yeah, so we are talking about the tight end position today, which... Like Jack said, it's another sexy position that's going to be discussed heavily this offseason when it comes to the Browns, um, because right now it's very fascinating. We have a contract that could be off our kind of off our books this offseason. We got an f- interesting free agent and then we got Harrison Bryant, who's just I'm going to call him Mr. Reliable because anytime the ball is thrown to him, that dude just makes plays. So uh, very interesting room. And we're going to talk about the long term. As, um, aspects of this position group because it could change big time this offseason um, and how it pertains to the next several years for the Browns moving forward. Um, just so everybody knows, we're doing position groups every Monday and Wednesday. We have a podcast episode. Monday, we just did wide receiver. Go check it out. We also have an article that Jack uh, writes for the dogland.com that also drops every Monday and Wednesday, depending on the position group. Um, so today's Wednesday. You're listening to the tight end episode. Go check out the article that correlates with this podcast episode over at the dogland.com. So Jack, we look at this tight end room. We only had, we had three, slightly four this past season. Steven Carlson ended up going on IR. So he was lost for the entire season. So the Browns theoretically just rolled with three Austin Hooper, David Njoku, Harrison Bryant, all were productive. Uh, all were effective in this offense. The big, double tight end offense that Stefanski loves to use. Um, But like I said, changes could be on the horizon. I would actually say changes will be on the horizon because not all three are guaranteed to come back heading into 2022. Yeah, it's a weird one because the first year of this front office head coaching stuff, we saw four tight ends, then we saw three. um, And yeah, who knows which way it's going to break down. My gut feeling says it will be three 
just because as we spoke about, hey, they'll probably want to keep the extra quarterback. And that more or less might be where that um, position then moves to. So um, I think we're looking at three here. And yeah, the, obviously the, the, the battle everyone's chatting about is what happens with number one. Um, so let's start on Austin Hooper. And I'll quickly run through his deal. Um, but there's other stuff I've done. Go watch the YouTube videos I alluded to. Um, two minutes of your life. And if you want to pause this episode, go listen to that and then jump back perfectly. Makes sense. Um, knock yourself out. But effectively, they backloaded his deal. So n- when people are looking at the dead cap, that was basically is just salary for 2020, 2021. Um, that's not, it's not real money and tangible stuff. The only two things in his salary that are left um, to actually be paid to him is nine and a half million this year in base salary and next year, nine and a half million in base salary. Neither of those are guaranteed, so they can walk away. And lots of people look at it. It's um, 11.25 million is what's left there um, from his signing bonus in the first year, his option bonus last year. And whether you keep him or not, that money's still there. And lots of people think, oh, we'll just keep him for one year and then that 11.25 million's gone and then you can cut him for nothing. No, actually that just drops to 7.5 million. That money is still there because it's it's not his base salary and his earnings. So keeping him for one more year the, over the remaining part of his contract is an extra 9.5 million. And so that's the number the team's looking at. Can we spend that 9.5 million better than giving it to Austin Hooper? Um, because the team's in a really strong f- position. Um, yes, there's not actually that much money, but they're not going to be there going, oh, can we survive with a few million of dead cap? Yeah, it's irrelevant. We'll move it around. And how they'll go about that is they won't actually cut him until um, after June 1st or do it through a June 1st cut. And then he'll get moved on. Part of the um, dead cap will appear this year. Um, so what's half of seven and a half? 3.75. 3.75, boom, straight there. And then the seven and a half million will appear in the 2023 dead cap. Um, and, that, and that's just the technique. So it's still that same money, whatever way you cut it. Um, but that's what everything's trending towards. Um, because why not? The Austin Hooper experiment, I wasn't a fan of it. Um, I didn't think he could replicate what he did. Um, but they had to go out and invest in tight end because you cannot run the scheme um, that Stefanski wants without two good tight ends. Um, and we'd seen questionable from David Njoku. We saw the flash in the rookie season. They're not. So they had to go and get somebody and not a rookie. And Hooper was the best on the market. They went and got the best in the market in Conklin. Um, they went and got the best on the market in J- John Johnson. So they're not afraid at positions to go out and pay for it. And yeah, it's not worked. This year's his first out in his deal. My gut says he's probably gone. Yeah, I would think he's gone too. He's been unproductive. Now, granted, it is a loaded tight end room. I think each one of them has gotten their share of targets and have been productive when the ball has been thrown their way for the most part. But you look at his numbers in Atlanta, where granted he was the tight end one and was pretty much the lone tight end uh, to rely on that offense. He was productive. He comes here. Uh, he's been under 500 yards both seasons, under 50 catches both seasons. He's got seven touchdowns combined, which is more than his last year in Atlanta. Um, but it's not worth the money that we're paying him. 
I would tend to think that, yeah, post June 1st, he's going to be off the team. So that leads to obviously, oh, go ahead. Just one more on his production. It's something that lots of people didn't watch or don't go back to the data for what happened in Atlanta. A lot of his magic and production came off yak. It was yards after the catch. He benefited from Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. and These guys that are massively stretching the field and he could work underneath. So he was getting these short balls and he was going for it. Um, People go, why doesn't he do that in Cleveland? Look at the way the field's not stretched. Um, It's very congested and he's catching the ball and he's getting smacked straight away. And you can say what you want about a um, player. If he's getting contacted basically straight as he's catching the ball, you cannot expect him to come and produce several yards of yak. Um, yeah, occasionally it will happen. A defender bounces off him or something. But he was given a lot of space to roam. And that the wide receiver room has let him down. Um, yes, has he underperformed 100%. But it isn't all on him. Then that is true. And that's you know me just looking at his numbers and saying, yes, he's been underproductive. But you're right. In Atlanta, he did benefit from two... Uh, solid playmakers in a Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley um, in Cleveland. He hasn't had that because by 2020 Odell was hurt. And then you're relying on guys like Landry Higgins, people's Jones to try to, you know, give him room to, you know, to get the yak. And then obviously this year, the OBJ drama land and you still, you're relying on those same wide receivers from a year ago. And it's just, it wasn't beneficial to him. You know, maybe this isn't the right spot for him to show his abilities, but I think you and I are both in agreement. He's not for long in Cleveland. If he's here post June first, I would be shocked. I think that's, I think that's fair to say for both of us that if he's still here, that means something drastically altered their plans for the tight end room. Yeah, no, there's there's one scenario, and I, I sort of I chatted this before the show. And yeah, you said. So I would say I'm about 90% chance that he's gone. So I'm not 100% guaranteeing, boom, he's out. I I, I think there's, in a weird way, a better chance of him hanging around than Landry. Um, and the one reason, and we'll get on to Njoku in a second, but if you listen to the last show about the wide receiver room, they're going to go out and invest in a, one wide receiver free agent. What they could do in a weird way is go, well, we don't really want to give like 10 million to any of these other names at wide receiver. Let's sort of make Njoku one last year of you'll play half tight end, but you'll actually play half slot receiver. And they could pay Njoku, keep Hooper for one more year to allow for a transition. And it gives room for these wide receivers to develop because what they don't want to do is put two free agents above the entire class. And they go, right. You be a Debo's your running back wide receiver for San Fran of going right. Let's make Njoku a wide receiver slash tight end, basically giant pump up slot receiver, and give him a lot more snaps there. I think there is a way it could happen. I'm I'm putting it about ten percent chance, but I wouldn't rule that out um, as a as an option. And as well, they might not come to a deal with David Njoku. That that could be another problem. Um, which we'll get to in a second. But just to throw out there as a discussion point, I, I wouldn't hate it. It's not optimal in my scenario. I'd rather have a wide receiver. But if they don't like the wide receiver free agent market, do they actually go, we prefer David Njoku in that role? 
So just throw it out there. Yeah, I mean, that is a very interesting uh, suggestion. And while we get to Najoku um, or jump right into it, you know, PFF has their free agent rankings and they also give projected contracts. And Jack, your theory kind of correlates with the projected contract that Najoku is expected to get. We don't know what his real market value is out there among the league. I think we'll find out in the next month or so as, you know, the senior bowls coming up, uh, the combine where the, you know, all the NFL world uh combines into you know alabama and then i think the combines in los angeles this year i think they moved there or they're still in indy i can't remember but then you'll start hearing rumblings about what players might be getting on the market Najoku's a curious one he's been in the league five years um he's been productive you know there's been peaks and valleys with him um you know his role on offense you know whether the coaches like him or not I think, and this is never talked about, I think his work ethic could be in question. Now, the dude is a physical freak. You know, you see him out there in pregame, shirtless, in shorts. Dude's got the body of a Greek god. But he's hasn't been what we thought he could be when we draft him in the first round. But PFF projects him to get a three-year deal where he's averaging $12.5 million in a projected contract. That correlates with a wide receiver two contract, like you suggested. So could the Browns give him that? potentially if they move on from an Austin Hooper or they keep an Austin Hooper and don't like the wide receivers out there. This could definitely happen. Najoku is going to be a curious case uh, once he hits the open market and free agency, if he does, because I know the Browns are trying to re-sign him. Yeah, it's one that lots of people on Browns Twitter tell me that it's black and white. It's, it's No one could dispute that David Njoku is better than Austin Hooper. But if that is the case, why is Austin Hooper getting more snaps? Because, hey, the front office and coaching staff could be wrong. Well, coaching staff because it snaps and that's not a front office decision. But that that is something that is a red flag to me of like when people are going all in on Njoku, cut Hooper. Well, if they were all in on um, Njoku, he would be out snapping Hooper um, already. Because they would go, right, let's go that route. And that's something for me that it's it's a concern. When when you're chatting about these decisions and we try to have these conversations like they're having in Bria. And that's why I, I'll happily throw out the idea that, oh, making Joku the wide receiver too. Because th- they all have crazy ideas like that where they put everything on the table and they really go through these players. So <laughs> if they really liked Njoku, why isn't Joku playing more? Um, I would expect a good sort of 10, 15, 20% of extra snaps for Njoku over Hooper. That's not the case. Um, So that is my one concern with people can happily say, hey, some efficiency stats, some other stuff. The front office obviously feels Hooper put them in the best position to win this year. And not by much. We're talking they're really close in terms of snaps. But that, that is a... That is a tangible thing of um, where they are as a team. So um, interesting one to keep an eye on. With both sides coming to an agreement on a number, who knows whether that's going to be the case? Because, hey, what player doesn't really want to uproot themselves, their family um, and their friend network and move to another part of the uh, country? Not that many players. It's got to be going bad for you in where you live that you you do want to move. So if a team's going to make you and offer you the number you want, great. It's a really good free agency class at tight end. But 
is it a really good class when we get to the first day of bidding on these guys? Because lots of them could be signed, kept in town. Um, if we're talking about the top of that markets around the 12 million range, well, a franchise tag is 10.8. So do these teams actually go, we're not going to extend you. We're just going to tag you and let's see what you do for a year. Um, could certainly be the case. And it's only when teams going to want to sort of really tie themselves into someone long-term. For me, I don't know if Njoku's market is as hot as PFF have it at 12 and a half. And it only takes one team to take a punt and he's going, well, you guys offering me eight, someone's offering me 12. I'm going to go, that's extra 4 million. Um, first two years, I say guaranteed, that's 8 million. That's, that's not a small amount. It's not often done, but for me, the transition tag makes the most sense. It's only 9.3 million here. Um, but what it does is the Browns use the transition tag. Njoku can then go into free agency. He can ask for any deal he wants, and he's signed to a, a one-year deal on those terms. But if any team offers him a deal and he, and he agrees to it, they don't just offer him a deal and he, he has no say over it. He's got to sign that contract. And if he does... The Browns can then go, we'll match it, or he, he leaves. You get no compensation or anything, but you get that choice. So I, I genuinely think that it's a route that makes the most sense because what the Browns don't want to do is he goes into free agency and then they can't get him back. This gives them the control to bring him back. Um, and why not? Let him see what's out there. Let the market set the market. And we might go, hey, we're not going to pay that. Um, and then he's gone. But... Uh, no, I, I think that's it. But also, are you going to tell me that you would rather have Njoku, Hooper, Dalton Schultz? If if the Cowboys are letting someone go, hey, that that's a dude that I would be like, hmm, I want to know what the market is for Dalton Schultz. And he's the same age as Njoku. So 25.5. Why do we have to pick one of these dudes on the team if there's a better guy in free agency that has gone and done it? 1,050 snaps so far this year, Dalton Schultz. 670 for Njoku. So this guy's playing a lot more. Um, Njoku's 15th best tight end. Um, Dalton Schultz is 7th. So that, that wouldn't even be a route that would shock me if they go, hey, we don't want to keep either of these guys. What? Why do you have to pick the best one of the two you've got if someone's better out there in free agency and Dalton Schultz projected at the moment a four-year deal 11.25 so you're only committing two years to him hey why not potentially that's your option you, you go Dalton Schultz you go um, friend, um, transition tag in Joku you got them two both here next year and then you use one as the hybrid wide receiver puts you in a nice spot if Njoku absolutely comes on like the Clappers next year. Maybe you sign him and you keep him here as that wide receiver two money because he can do both. He can be your tight end two. He can be your wide receiver two. The full Stefanski, um, you don't need to sub off to play different schemes, which causes fits for defenses. Hey, that that's, that's my off-season. Hey, get rid of Landry. Get rid of Hooper. We're going to sign Mike Williams, Schultz, and transition tag um, David Njoku. You heard it here first, guys. It's not a bad idea, honestly. 
like Dalton Schultz has been solid. He's been productive. And like you said, he's still in that. He's the same age as Najoku. Like I wouldn't be opposed to saying, Hey, we, we like Hooper and Najoku, but Dalton Schultz is available. He's just, he's more productive. He's in the same age range as our window for contention. We'll keep Najoku, but we'll bring in Dalton Schultz. Like that's not a bad idea at all. And I like your transition tag theory. The Browns used it with Alex Mack back in 2014. It kind of bit them because he took this uh, contract offer from the Jaguars where uh, he had an out after a couple years. Uh, and we all knew he kind of was fed up with all the change in Cleveland, but the Browns brought him back. We still had him for a couple more years of essentially his prime. And then he opted out and left when the full teardown began with Sashi. Um, but the transition tag is not a bad idea. It's kind of like restricted free agency to a degree. Um, so it's not a bad idea to say, hey, we're going to tag you. Um, go out and see what your market is and then bring us back an offer sheet. We'll consider matching it or letting you go. Yeah, no, I, I think it's it's a move that it makes the both sense for both sides because the team goes into free agency knowing They've got control over what happens next. Yeah, it's not 100% control because someone could offer a really, really good deal and you don't match it. But you you at least know that he's coming back or you've chosen not to sign him. And then he knows, hey, I can go into free agency, chat with teams, find my market. Because it could be that he goes and chats to teams and he's like, my market's a lot smaller than I thought it was. And he'll actually come back to the Browns and go, let's sign a long-term deal now. If, if he goes out there and he chats to teams and they're like, yes, about 8 million is what we want to pay you, he might go, well, Cleveland, let's sign a three-year, 30 million deal. They'll tear up the transition tag and then they can, they can do a deal that works for both sides, say two years guaranteed, then the option for the team on the third. That is something they could certainly do where he's allowed to speak to teams, but it'd be madness to not use the tag and have him in this situation. Because it's not often you have a player there. We'd happily pay him 9.3 million over one year. Um, and let's see how it plays out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, going to tight end, two, three, essentially. Um, Harrison Bryant, Browns drafted him in the fourth round in 2020. And he's been solid for him. Like, as a tight end three, as a blocker, he's been solid against or solid against when it comes to pass blocking run blocking. He took a slide this past season. Uh, but when it comes to the receiving aspect, you know, whatever they've given him, he's, he's performed like uh, both years. He's had over 200 yards. His catch percentage is around 68% and he scored three touchdowns in both seasons. Couldn't ask uh, for much more out of a fourth round pick. Who's the tight end three in this system. I like Harrison Bryant. Um, if Najoku or Hooper are out, um, I can see them giving him an increased role in his third year, but I think he embraces his role and he does his job as the tight end three. Yeah. I think they'd be mad not to let him step up to two. That That's the one part of the room that I feel really good on. Hey, they can go with my crazy scenario, but um, yeah, the, the most likely is he, he is tight end two. He's fully deserved it. Um, been really impressive. Um, had it, a solid rookie year. It was nothing special, um, but really, really nice. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm happy for the guy. He's uh, 
he's done good. So uh, let, let's see what he can do as a two, um, because that's a really good opportunity for the, the Browns to assess. Um, and it could be someone they just want to keep round as a, a min burner long-term once he's finished his rookie years. Um, and if he turns out to be a player where they pay him two and a half million a year, um, maybe over two, three years as that sort of tight end two, that, that's a really nice role. He's getting money. Um, they feel comfortable. Um, ideally, yeah, they would try find a draft pick that can step up. But yeah, I, I, I really like him. I think he'll do well in that role. Yeah, without question. And, you know, if he does, I mean, this is a guy that was the top tight end in college football when the Browns drafted him. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. If he gets more increased snaps as the tight end too, he might break out and have this breakout year next year. And then the Browns are in a situation in 2023 where they might have to pay him a, a decent contract extension. We don't know, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. You know, he had a couple drops his rookie year. I think he fumbled one against Jacksonville, but then last year he caught 21 out of 28 targets, um, one drop. So he's got good hands, uh, great athleticism. So he's 6'5", 240, like, and he's only, he'll be 24 in April. So I think we might not even seen the full potential out of Harrison Bryant's game, but I like his upside. And I think whether he's tight end two or tight end three, uh, the future is bright for this kid in the Browns offense. Yeah, I know. Let's see what these guys can do. And they'll have a better idea behind the scenes how confident they are with him stepping up. Um, you got a decent amount of snaps. Um, and let's see. Because, yeah, let, let's say he gets 10 million. That You've got 10 million in um, in Joku, nine and a half in um, Hooper, and a rookie deal on Brian. It's like, well, is that? worth nine and a half million, the difference between Bryant and Hooper? No. Um, is Hooper better than Bryant? Yes. I don't think it's even really a question. But it's about going, right, can we use that money better somewhere else as a, a wide receiver, a um, another edge, a defensive tackle? Um, and, and that's where you've just got to reallocate resources. And it's not about, is Bryant an upgrade over our Titan 2 this year? No. Bryant's not better than Inchoku. But give these dudes an opportunity and move the money to somewhere else where it's really, really needed. So uh, yeah, it, it, good luck to the guy. Let's see what he can do. And it might not work out. And in a year's time, we'll bust him down to Titan three for a year and we'll find someone else to bring in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when you look at free agency and tight end, like in terms of tight end two or tight end three, there's not much out there that I think is a realistic option for the Browns. You have guys like Gerald Everett out here, OJ Howard, um, Evan Ingram, like these guys, I don't think are coming to Cleveland. Max Williams could potentially as a tight end too, if the, you know, with well, however, the Najoku Hooper situation uh, sorts out, maybe a Mo Alley Cox. But I feel like if they're going to add a tight end this offseason, Jack, it's more than likely, unless they somehow get a Dalton Schultz, it's more likely going to come in the draft, perhaps in the middle rounds, like they found a Harrison Bryan a couple years ago. Yeah, they might bring in a dude. Um like in free agency where they pay him like a hundred grand um, in guaranteed money. And he's got like a, a 1.5 million deal. Um, some absolute ringer um, and a nobody. And it's one where 
they'll have the opportunity to fight. Maybe a little bit more of a blocker because if you've got Njoku and Bryant, you might want someone who's a little bit more, um, just can do the dirty work. Um, and then just sort of, it gives you that option that you don't need to draft someone because they'll want to have some dude on the roster that they feel confident enough. Um, unfortunately, because he's a restricted free agent, it's unlikely to be um, Carlson, um, which is a shame because he would be fine to be your three for when you're going into camp, but um, it won't be Farrow Brown comeback tour, however upset that might make people. But that kind of dude, um, we're not talking someone special. Um, we're just talking about someone that's going to come in and be a guy. Um, potentially in camp, someone goes down, boom, step up. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think we're going to look at someone's going to come in. Yeah, um, I've done some mock drafts like Trey McBride, from Colorado State's a top tight end. I've gotten him in a couple in the third round. Um, I could see that being a realistic option. The Browns could theoretically have two third round picks, so maybe they spend one on a tight end, depending on what happens with, you know, Najoku. But uh, I don't know much more about the tight end position. It's something I'm going to look into depending on how the offseason shakes out. But this is going to be an interesting another room, much like the wide receiver room that, you know, it's going to get shaken up. We just don't know how. And we don't know when. I put it in ink. Schultz and Joku, Bryant. No, I drop. like it. I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. If it, especially because you mentioned Najoku as like a hybrid wide receiver, they could use him as a Mike Gusecki, who is a tight end, theoretically the top free agent tight end. But the Dolphins used him as a wide receiver for like ninety something percent of his snaps. So. You know, Najoku's big boy, he could we could use him as a wide receiver, and I'm surprised we haven't in some packages. Like, that always surprised me with as big as he is and as athletic as he is, if they haven't lined him outside as a wide receiver. You saw some of it this year. A little um, bit, yeah. But I'm surprised, like, over split? over his time that they didn't use him more. Yeah, let's, let's just pull up his split. Uh, going on to PFF, give me one second. Snap count this year. Um Let's just look at, he was 670 snaps. He had 53 out wide. Um, he had 151 in the slot. Um, so he's, he's got some there, but yeah, I, why not make that 50-50 of his game? Um, and I, I just think that gives defenses fits of, they, they see, we'll match up against the Browns, right? They're playing two tight ends. It's more likely to be a run. And suddenly... Njoku goes out into the slot. Hunt transitions from the running back into the slot. And suddenly you've got, what, two dudes wide. Say Mike Williams one side. You've got um, first round Drake London the other side. You've got in line um, Hooper or Schultz. You've got Njoku one side. Hunt the other side in the slot. <laughs> that is tough to match because that's started off pre-snap as a looks like a run you've got two tight ends in there um two wide receivers and a running back and suddenly you, you've got five out wide um and when when we had no one in the backfield we actually played quite well with baker this year we we're quite an efficient team so um mix it up um i, I i'm selling myself on the idea I, I like it. I think it's a fascinating idea. Um, 
the things the Browns have done the last couple of years have certainly been fascinating. So I'm interested to see how Najoku plays out. Um, but we are both in agreement. We don't think Austin Hooper will be a Brown and come 2022 week one. So uh, this is definitely going to be an interesting offense off season for the wide receiver and tight end room. So uh, definitely check everything out. We got going at the Dogland. Jack's pumping out articles every Monday and Wednesday. Uh, so far, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and now tight end. And then next week, we get beefy. We'll talk about offensive line. Jack. Yeah, I think I think they're split into two. Did I you split line on my memory. I, I think it's going to be split into two. So I think we're going to do tackle one day and interior the other. Um, yeah. Why not? That's all right. We're gonna, we like to have fun. We'll break it up. We'll split the beef up, Jack. We'll just... We'll just yeah. There's a lot of dudes to talk about. There is. And that, honestly, offensive line is kind of interesting as well. You said it's kind of... It's not like... It's not a sexy position that people talk about a lot, but it's another position group where it, things, changes are coming. Change is coming, certainly. Yes. yes. Um, when, we're very unlikely to have the same five dudes going in this season as last season. And that's for a range of different reasons. Absolutely. Uh, as we wrap things up, plug the series, plug your Twitter, and we'll get on out of here. So go read the articles. It's the Dogland. Let me know, hey, this is your mix. Hey, tweet me. I want anyone listening, tweet me their views on the idea of Schultz in Joku. That, that, that's my challenge to you guys this week. So at Jack Duffin, tweet me your views. Yes, Schultz and Joku. No, Schultz and Joku. And that's not saying have the idea that let's have both next year um and that, that whole features into the whole cooper situation they might get rid of cooper and keep him but that is the question i want you guys to let me know so tweet me at jack duffin and let me know is it yes or is it a no and where can they find you they can find me on twitter at jack mccurry 08 uh the dogland at the dogland um, if you guys listen to us on apple Podcasts, leave us a review leave us a review on spotify because that's an option now um and just share subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast we really appreciate everybody that still listens to us uh nearly five years in um and until next time browns fans uh as always go browns go browns leftovers or the dmv number 97 or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.